and good afternoon and welcome to Lambda Weekly. I'm Dave Taffet here in the studio. Well, kind of connected with us in the studio, Lauren Landis and the late Patty Fink. Welcome, guys. Hello. Happy Hello. New Year. Hey, Lauren. Happy how, New Year. Yeah, how are you doing? I'm good. How was your New Year? Uh, peaceful. And Patty? Um, it, it was good. It was uneventful. But we we did everything we could for to make it a good New Year. Such as uh, we had we had you know all the things we had cornbread, black eyed peas, ham, you know mustard greens. Doesn't we did, sound we, kosher. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Probably wow. not. Did you, did you cook all that yourself, Patty? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Nice. Yeah, but we didn't want to take any chances. No chances with twenty twenty one. Um. <laughs> okay, and you, David. Uh, um. Went to a friend's house. Nice. And that was about it. I mean, just a few people there. Um, I got my second COVID vaccine, second part of my COVID vaccine. Really, basically no reaction to this one. What I'm hearing from people, they're saying the Pfizer vaccine part two is where they get sick. I was under the weather for a couple of days. I had the AstraZeneca because uh, I'm part of a... Um, uh, Trial. Thank you. A trial for yeah, it. Clinical trial. <clears throat> yes. No, a jury trial. <laughs> <laughs> well, the jury's still out on it. Right. Yeah. Now, the AstraZeneca has been approved in India. It's been approved in the UK. So it's getting approval around the world already. And I mean, the first dose knocked me out for two and a half days. And then as quickly as it got to me, that's how quickly the, all the symptoms went away. I mean, I just, I picked my head up and I said, oh, my headache's gone. Oh, my aches are gone. I mean, you know how you can feel achy and that kind of fades away sometimes. This was just, I was achy. Oh, I'm not achy anymore. Just like <laughs> that. Uh, it was the strangest feeling. And I talked to several other people who are in this trial who had the exact same reaction to it. But um, my body's making lots of antibodies, so cool. we'll be ready to be back on track real good, real soon. Real soon. Anyway, Lauren, uh, I, I told Patty this before the show, didn't get to talk to you before the show. Everybody's doing these, oh, I'm so glad 2020's over. Oh, it was the worst year. So we're going to talk about why 2020 was the best year. <laughs> okay. Let's see how... How we can stretch this out more my, than five minutes. My <laughs> list is short. Oh, okay, would you like to start, Patty? Um, I survived. <laughs> I survived yeah, it. That, that was actually, that was mine too. Oh, okay, so I have some good ones. Like the Rose Bowl was held in Dallas. Well, not Dallas, Arlington. Well. That... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're all completely so, nonplussed. So I'm excited about it. Uh, everything is shut down in California. They're, um, they were forbidding any kind of um, audience to come and see, and actually the contact sports are banned uh, because especially L.A. is just really hit terribly with COVID virus. So um, they moved the Rose Bowl to AT&T Stadium in Arlington. With an audience? With an audience. Great. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't say it was smart. I said, I said the reasons. Okay. Because Abbott so, doesn't care. So, he doesn't care if we all get sick and die. Of course. <laughs> so if you're a football fan, 
not only is there Monday night football and Thursday night football, but there was Tuesday night football and Wednesday night rerun football. Yep. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm caring less <laughs> than, I, than I didn't care before. Okay, okay, so we're talking about why 2020 was the best year. If you're an Oscar voter, you don't have to watch any movies. <laughs> really? Well, there aren't any. Well, you'd watch them still in the privacy of your own home. Well, there's no movies that came out. Oh, sure there are. Yeah, yeah, there were. Yeah, there were. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. They, 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 they went straight to... Um, streaming. Um, streaming. They, they went straight to streaming. Yeah, that doesn't count. I know they're <laughs> going to include them this year, but that doesn't count. That was never allowed before. I don't think we should make exceptions. But, you know, I mean... But A movie streaming. on the big screen... <laughs> That's entertainment. And, we just played that on and, Jewish Music Hour. <laughs> and movie theaters have been open for ever since what? November, at least here in Texas. Playing reruns. No, some are new releases. Oh, Wonder Woman. It's supposed to be terrible. It was supposed to be terrible. It was, it was great. We watched it. No, it, it was pretty bad. Well, okay. I just I, it's, argue. Come on, it's Gal Gadot. <laughs> the movie was fantastic. <laughs> Even Aaron said that was pretty pretty bad movie, and I'm like, yeah, yeah but Gal Gadot. So I liked her in the yeah. first Wonder Woman movie. Yeah, yeah that was I, a, I agree with David on this one. But you know, the 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 whole streaming thing is a big disruption now, um, as a result of uh, what was that troll movie, The Trolls World World Tour? Can I can't even speak? Um, they, they started in the theater, and then they moved to streaming. It was right in the middle of all of that. Mm -hmm. And so they switched their marketing budget to, um, to streaming, and they made more money streaming than they ever did in the theater. And Interesting. More, yeah, and so they've learned how all these other movies are coming out on streaming first, and they intend to make their bazillions, and probably will, mm. because people are watching them. You know, like, yeah. ooh, it's, it's drops on Friday night. Let's watch it. You know, who knows? Did you watch any movies that came out streaming? Yes. I, I did too. Yeah. I didn't see a single one. You probably don't watch any I streaming. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I do. But rarely movies. I don't have the patience to sit in front of my computer for that long. Uh, you need a TV, David. <laughs> There's another movie that came out. Um, streaming and in the theaters, of course, limited release that will definitely be an Oscar contender. That's Ma Rainey's Black Bottom with Viola Davis. Oh, I Great loved that. Movie. I loved Great that. movie. Yep. With the fabulous Viola Davis. It was produced by Denzel Washington. He's, it's the yep. second and of ten. Um, oh, um, yes, Argus Wilson uh, plays that he's going to film. Mm -hmm. Right. And that was the last movie um, by Chadwick Boseman. Yes. Oh, that's right. Um, be that's before, right. His, before his passing, and he'll more than likely get nominated for an Oscar for oh, that. great. His I think he's going to win. He'll be the only one nominated since it's the only good <laughs> movie that was released. <laughs> um, okay, so... I, I didn't finish my list. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, okay, so we were on a sports theme. I can't believe you started with sports. A gay man started hey, I, with sports. I'm here to surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Back 
basketball all summer. When was the last time you saw basketball run all summer? I don't even know what basketball season is. <laughs> basketball season typically ends in, I think, early June. That's when the finals are. Okay. The finals, but the season is normally October to June. Correct. It ran all summer. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Do you know, Josh and I were going through this list uh, before the show, and we were a lot more excited about things. Patty, would you like to run the board? <laughs> I think maybe I should. <laughs> Josh, come over here and sit. What else do you have on your list? Uh, no, I was, was looking forward. I was looking forward into 2021, what will be so, con by contrast, so different. We will have an LGBT liaison in the White House, an official one. We will have a, um, um, a pride pro proclamation for the first time in, in four or five years. Uh, we'll have uh, celebrations of pride in the White House. We'll have a gay cabinet secretary. We'll have a, an openly gay cabinet secretary. Um, and so I'm, I'm looking forward to, for, as a community, it's very heartening and exciting to finally be um, recognized um, and accepted for who we are um, and treated equally rather than what we've been, you know, if you're, if you're not of a certain ilk, then, um, you know, you were, you were nobody. You were, in fact, a scapegoat for most things mm -hmm. for the last four years. So I'm very happy. Well, on the other side of the pond... My favorite story that came out of Great Britain this year was Meghan and Harry stepping down as senior royals. Because, <laughs> you know, you can, change, you can change your status in your family, I guess. <laughs> I don't think it changed the, changes the genealogy chart. But <laughs> Now, why is this my favorite story? Because I can't stand the royal family. I can't stand the concept of it. I absolutely uh, I, detest it. I, I'm in complete agreement with you, David. I, I, I love I, the Royals. Furthermore, I've never understood America's fascination with it. Exactly. We fought a war against it. Actually, two wars against it. <laughs> Josh said he's fine with it. <clears throat> I remember in 19, I think it was 1981, I got up at like, you know, 3.30 in the morning and watched, um, watched Diana's wedding live. Oh, wow. Wow. And I did, and, and, and when um, Will, well, William got married, I got up at like three in the morning, drove across town to join several other people who were um, naturalized Brits, American citizens who, who were then Brits, um, and went and watched with them with all of their traditions um, to watch that wedding live as well. I mean, I, 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 I'm fascinated by the, the royal family. Why? So. I just think I, I'm it's, curious because I, I really can't stand the, the whole concept of it. Well, I, you know, I don't I don't know that I would support a monarchy to rule. Um, it's interesting to watch from afar. And maybe if it were directly affecting me, I would be vehemently against it. I imagine I would be. Um, but just to watch from afar, it's it's fascinating the traditions that have, have gone around. Um, there was an article several years ago um, a long form piece in a in a like the Atlantic or something like that about what will happen when the when the the queen dies and it, they'll the, they'll bury her. <laughs> well, they eventually will. The family will there's, shiver. There's a 
there's a whole host of things that happen when a, when a monarch in, in Britain dies. And it's just, I just think it's fascinating, all you know, of these traditions. And they used to have real purpose. Um, and, you know, today when we have the Internet and we have all these other things, um, they're, they're, they're really just performa things, you know, performative things. But um, that, it's just fascinating. Like what needs to happen? Oh, they, they, the, the, uh, other than the burying part. Oh, Charles can't become king until they've had 10 days of mourning. They don't even well, think about I, I get that. That's, you know, respect for his mother. Right, right. And there's a code for when she dies so that they, the BBC will know and other, other outlets will know. And her code is um, London Bridge has fallen. And how about the Queen's here. dead? No, really. I'll send you the article. How about the Queen's dead? Wow. <laughs> Well, I don't think they're going to be <laughs> muttering that and, and emailing people and, you know, Instagramming all of that. The queen is dead. It but seems like more straightforward. You, you will, David. You get, you get the, the hard, blunt truth from David. <laughs> well, in a newspaper article, I would hate for it to say, London Bridge has fallen. Well, it's just a, a way of getting the word out. That's what they're going to yeah, say. Another way to get the word out? The Queen's dead. <laughs> I will say, even though I'm not fascinated by it at all, I was a little fascinated or surprised to see um, Prince Harry and Meghan step down. I thought that was really interesting. You literally have the world at your feet, and you 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 set it aside. And, and Harry literally has tens of millions of dollars. He doesn't have to worry about what anybody thinks of him. Well, you know, but I think... But then he comes to America. They, oh, sorry, they come to America, and they have the uh, red carpet rolled out for them again. They're giving, uh, I forgot what celebrity was, basically gave them a multi-million dollar house. I mean, you can't, if that doesn't scream privilege, I don't know what does. And they're not even, well, one of them is an American. But, you know, I, th I think, too, they're trying to reform the monarchy. You see the, the, the monarchies in other countries like Belgium and um, the Netherlands, other places that have longstanding, centuries old, you know, how many generations back they go, and monarchies, Greece, you know, others. Um, and they've kind of, like, really gone by the wayside. Like, like people don't pay attention to them. as They tone them down. Well, in the Netherlands, have you ever gotten high on the palace steps? <laughs> no, but I, I, I know someone who has. <laughs> and we won't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I think maybe Harry and, Meg Harry and Meghan are trying to change it up. Could be. You know, for, for their kids. Well, that was one of my favorite stories of the year. Because... Good that somebody is telling them, you're irrelevant. <laughs> <laughs> London Bridge has fallen. Oh, my. I'll is send it, you the article. It's really fascinating. Is London Bridge in, like, Arizona? It's in London. No, the, the original one. I don't know. I don't know what you've been listening to. <laughs> hey, I want to go back to something that Patty mentioned that this year, um, and that is that, you know, we're going to have our first openly um, LGBTQ person in a cabinet seat. Well, one, if it gets confirmed, do you think he'll have any trouble? We're talking about Pete Buttigieg. I don't think he will. I, you know, I don't either. And you know why? 
he had surprisingly little trouble with the whole gay thing in the whole election. Who's the only person who 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 had electoral votes? Well, actually, several did, but he had the most electoral votes when everybody caved oh, in. Delegate to, delegate votes, delegate delegate counts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Pete Buttigieg. He won Iowa. He won yeah. Iowa of all places. He did. So he, he's somebody who can get away with holding his husband's hand, kissing him on camera, and everybody's like, oh, okay, well, it's just Pete. And he's, he, can, he can certainly stand his own on Fox News. So I think we have to go to oh, a break. Absolutely. You're listening to hey. Lambda Weekly on 89.3 KNON FM. I'm Dave Taffet here with on the phones and connected. Let's talk about that because that's one of my good stories of the year. Um, Patty Fink and Laron Landis. And I almost said and the late Laron Landis. <laughs> you know... Patty and I and Laurent are celebrating 21 years together. You would think I would get them straight, so to speak. <laughs> we'll be back with more Nothing right straight. after this. And welcome back to Lambda Weekly. I'm Dave Taffet here with Laurent Landis and the late Patty Fink. Um, we're talking about why 2020 was the best year ever. Okay, here are some more reasons it was. Traffic got better in Dallas. <laughs> I hate all the traffic in this city. Um, the traffic is back to the way it was 40 years ago when I moved to this city. You can get around town. I can get to my office quicker. I like the traffic the way it's been going because everybody's staying out of my way during rush hour. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I got to disagree. <clears throat> traffic is still horrendous. <laughs> it is. It absolutely I is. From, I... I, I, I been working from home now, I guess about six months. Um, actually, no longer than that, permanently. And about once or twice a month, I actually go into the office. And traffic is still horrible. <laughs> I don't know which way you go, David. What about you, Patty? Oh, I've been working from home, you know, now since March, actually. Um, but when I do go out, like if I go to the doctor, like it's still the same bottlenecks. Yeah. It's still the same, like over in my neighborhood, over in in old in East Dallas, um, you know Buckner and Garland Road. Boom! It's it's solid for several. You know, lights yep. back. It's yep. going to take you 18 cycles of that light before you get through. You know what? Yep. What are some cross streets you can do to avoid that? It's that's still happening. You know, like it, nothing changed. <laughs> and, and you're both wrong. Uh, <laughs> Okay, another reason why 2020 was the best year. I got my whole office to myself. Don't have to deal with anybody. They're out of my hair. <laughs> you ran them all off. <laughs> ran them all off, right. We got a new studio. You did. We did. That, yeah. We got a new studio. We barely, barely moved into it when we had to stop using it, basically, or stop, stop using it. We had a week to use it. That's true. It's true. So it was and then, the full studio, and then we had to social distance, and now we can't have everybody in the studio. Um, top story of the year: Trump won the election. <laughs> he thinks, without a shred of evidence. <laughs> okay, so for the last time, Trump won with two or three million fewer votes against Hillary, right? 
Yes. Okay, so Trump won with 3 million fewer votes in the 2016 election. So in the 2020 election, he did even better with 7 million fewer votes. 8 million. 8 million fewer votes. Makes sense. It's it's a bigger victory. (laughs) (laughs) And and just so you know, that's... That's what the what's the that's what they're going to claim on uh, Wednesday, on January sixth is the day that um, all you know, like theoretically, all the little envelopes from all the states show up, and Mike Pence has to open them. You know, like how many how many count how many electoral college votes from each state, and they tally them, and so we're going to see a spectacle of futility. And arrogance. You know what this reminded me of, or will remind me of? The 2000 election when Al Gore had to do the same thing. But he did it with grace and dignity. Mike Pence will do it with grace and dignity because everything Mike Pence does is with grace and dignity. (laughs) Right, right. Those are his collies, grace (laughs) and dignity. (laughs) It's going to be a show on, on Wednesday. But before that, today they're getting sworn in in Congress as we speak. And then on Tuesday, um, there'll be the Georgia runoffs. So we'll have some, some idea of, of how that lands on Tuesday night before they do the, the confirmation counting in Congress. Now, for the confirmation counting, Louis Gohmert, who's the brains of the House of Representatives. <laughs> the brains. Um, he suggested violence in the streets when Mike Pence doesn't overturn the election, or if he doesn't. A judge this week rejected the idea that Pence could even overturn the election. And Um, you know who that judge was? A Trump-appointed federal judge in East Texas. It's been a Trump-appointed judge in every one of these 90-some-odd cases that have been brought so far. Not not, not not every every single one. In a vast majority of them, though. Um, do, do you know what that says to me, though? I worried about all of the Trump appointee judges. It says to me that some of these judges are, still have some objectivity. They're sticking to the law. And just because I don't agree with them on all points, when it comes to basic law, these are actual judges who are doing their job. But that's just a handful of them, I think. There's a there's an awful lot of judges that got nominated and that the Senate actually confirmed them who are completely incompetent. They don't even have the training or the experience to do the job. Uh, uh, yeah. There's a lot of them, too. I, I'm just I, saying. I'm sure, I'm sure there are. <laughs> I would have expected one of these judges... Maybe I actually, my expectations were even worse than yours. Because seeing them reject these cases gives me a little bit of hope about some. I mean, we're stuck with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it gives me a little bit of hope about who some of them are. And that they are qualified, some of them. Because my, my vision of them was that none of them were qualified. But... I think it means something more that a Trump-appointed judge is the one that's rejecting these arguments as opposed to, oh, if it was an Obama-appointed judge, 
Boy, I think it is better. too, and I think it's I think it was a something that the Supreme Court even said, not even talk, not even talking about this, mm-hmm. not gonna take it. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't, Laron, you live, you you work in a in a, a legal environment. Has there been any hubbub? Have people been surprised, impressed? No, you know, some of the judges I work with have called this almost to the penny how things were gonna go. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Oh, I'm a little, I'm a little surprised. Okay. Uh, no, and, and some of these judges I'm talking about are Republican. Wow. Okay. Uh-huh. S- sticking with the legal part of it, best stories of 2020, the Bostock decision. Yes. That so Neil what? Gorsuch agreed with. Yes. Yes. And uh, and wrote the majority opinion on. Uh huh. And boy, did that surprise me that. And surprise everybody that Gorsuch wrote that opinion, and it's a good opinion. Tell, tell, tell our listeners what, that, what the case was. Okay, so the Bostock decision was three cases of employment discrimination. Uh, one of them based here, um, the Zarda case, um, where somebody, Donald Zarda, was fired from his job as a skydiving instructor because of a complaint from a, um, from a customer that he was gay. Um, Amy Stevens, who um, worked in a funeral home, and her job, this just shows and proves that it was nothing but discrimination. She had nothing to do with taking care of the customers. She was taking care of the bodies and preparing them for burial. Um, And she was fired when she started to transition. And the third case was somebody who was fired from his job when they found out he belonged to a gay softball team. They didn't find out he was gay. They found out that he played on a gay softball team and he was fired from um, uh, his job working at, in Clayton County in Georgia. And those were found to be sex discrimination and declared unconstitutional or illegal. And it, it essentially gave us protections under under gender for sexual orientation and gender identity expression um, in the workplace, something we haven't had and we've all been fighting for for a very, very long time in each and every state, in each and every community. I mean, one of the first things we did as a community in Dallas was to go to the city of Dallas and say, don't fire us just because we're gay. And um, it goes back to the Micah England case where she was not going to be allowed to be a police officer because she was gay. And workplace protections have been at the core of most of the work um, of our equality movement. And so, boom, here it is. I was, I was shocked. I was shocked, too. I, I think this is arguably just as big as the marriage equality case. Oh, I, oh, I do too. So. It affects more people. Not everybody it gets married. People. That's true. And I think the reason why a lot of people probably think it's not that big a deal because a lot of people still think we had those protections already when we did not. Yes. <laughs> yes, Laron, thank you. It's like 70, 80% of the country thought we already had these protections. We have to say, no, no, we don't. No, we did not. But that says something about who we are. They assumed we had the protections because it's so obvious that you shouldn't be fired because of who you are. Right. Well, there was no convincing people in the Texas legislature on the other side of the aisle. Wow. That, I mean, there's been a bill, you know, submitted and filed 
every single session of the Texas legislature for 20, 30 years on on workplace protections against discrimination, and it went nowhere. Okay, so this gets us to another of the why 2020 was the best year. The legislature didn't meet. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Forgot about that. Good the point. legislature did not meet. It will be meeting in 2021. In a few days. They still have not announced <laughs> rules for media to come to the Capitol for the swearing in, but I'm still planning. Uh, so we'll see. Yeah. But uh, I, I don't I really don't know what I'll be allowed to do. Probably just be up in the um, in the balcony. But I'm, so far, I'm planning. I'm planning to be there. Uh, it'll be a week from Tuesday, I yes. think. Yeah. Um, OK, so here's one of my other favorite stories from 2020. The Boy Scouts declared bankruptcy. Yes. Chapter 11. And I'll yes. tell you why it's one of my favorite stories. <clears throat> we, and when I say we, the Dallas Voice investigated the, the Boy Scouts and their uh, practice of letting go um, scoutmasters for pedophilia. What, they, what we found was they were accepting all kinds of guys who had no connection to the Boy Scouts, had not been raised as Boy Scouts, and... Um, had no kids, had no, had no kids, sense. and had no kids, and yet, gay parents who had been Eagle Scouts were refused to participate in the in scouting. Eagle Scouts themselves were thrown out of the Boy Scouts. They were so homophobic mm. that they were blinded by by themselves. If I presented myself, I'm a straight man. Oh, you're welcome to come. Do you have any kids? Nope. Have you ever been a Boy Scout? Nope, but you're welcome. I got a hold of a list of the, the pedophile list, and it listed one after the other what the circumstances were, one after another, after another, after another, after another, for pages and pages and pages were these men who had no connection to the Boy Scouts and were just there to do no good and pages and pages of pages of people not being accused of anything being thrown out of the Boy Scouts just because they were gay. Yeah. Good for them. They were so stubborn up to the last minute. After I got that, uh, the book of pedophiles, they no longer, <laughs> that's, that's what they were, that's what they were. And they were not gay men. Mm -hmm. they, were, they were just pedophiles. Boy Scouts refuse to talk to me anymore. To this day, I cannot get a press release from them about anything. Good for them that they declared bankruptcy. I could care less about that organization. I think they do terrible things to, to boys, especially to gay boys. Yeah, much like the Catholic Church. It's in that category. Yeah. It's in that. I, I have no qualms about saying Good for you, Boy Scouts. Glad you filed Chapter 11. Hope you go away. Because they haven't changed. They're saying they have, but they haven't changed. The Chapter 11 was so that they could pay off their claims and still stay in business. God, I can't stand that organization. <laughs> okay, move on to the, to the next greatness for 2020. It was a leap year. Made the year longer. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> 
<laughs> More of this. <laughs> there was no Olympics. There will be a 2021 Ooh, yeah. Olympics. Yep. Which, Tokyo still thinks they're going to pull it off at some point. It might be 2022. It might be 2022. Well, it depends. It's going to collide with somebody else because they have them staggered every two years. I remember when it was all done every four years. Sure. Do you? Sure. Uh, of course you would because you're, you know. Well, the Summer Olympics still long. I'm almost as old as you. <laughs> Do you remember, Leroy, when the Winter and the Summer Olympics occurred in the same year? Yeah, I totally remember. Yeah, and then like they decided Olympics ago. <laughs> and then they <laughs> staggered them out so that the winter was two years away from the summer ones and onward. Right. Um, and we were supposed to get what was it? Summer or winter this in twenty twenty? I can't even summer. remember. Summer. Summer. Summer Olympics. Summer so, Olympics. I, I I I was disappointed, but oh well. Well, I feel so badly for the athletes because they reach their peaks and they train for this. And it just makes yep. sense. Like, oh, wait for two years. You know, like, it's, you know, like their yeah, window, you know their window of excellence is probably the, the limited. The ones who win, they'll always have an asterisk after their name. That's true. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and maybe the ones who lose. <laughs> um, World champion in 2020. Not so much in 2022. 2020, we had murder hornets. Sort of. We had what? Murder hornets. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't really remember them being a thing. I just remember memes about them, but they never showed up. Yeah, I don't think they ever really made it to Texas. No, they did not make it yeah. to Texas. Okay, here's one of the things about 2020 I didn't like. The Dixie Chicks became the Chicks. <laughs> but they got rid of that Dixie. They got rid of Dixie. <laughs> but the chicks, that's like a group called something like just the Beatles. It'll never work. <laughs> well, good luck to them. I know. Yeah. Former Lambda Weekly it, uh, guests. It didn't bother me. Groups change their names all the time. True. That's very true. We've never changed our name. <laughs> well, we're not and, a band. Let's and, hope and we never are. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, let's go back to political. We need to take a break in a, in a minute. But, you know, another woman on the ticket, Geraldine Ferraro, Sarah Palin, now Harris, they just don't win. When are the political parties going to learn? Oh, I'm thrilled. In fact, I told Aaron. I told Aaron yesterday. I said, "This is really going to happen." You know, we've been talking about this for so long, and from a woman's perspective, you know, it's we, we kind of see exactly what's going on. Um, what the Trump one? No, no, just the misogyny that lives and breathes and thrives in this country. Um, but now it's really going to happen with with Kamala Harris. Mm -hmm. She's going to get sworn yep. in on the twentieth as the. Uh, as a, the first woman and as vice president in the country. And her husband will be the first gentleman, or the second gentleman. He'll be second gentleman. He'll be first gentleman. Um, Jill, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Jill. You're listening to Lambda Weekly on 89.3 KNON FM. I'm Dave Taffet here in the studio with Josh. Patty is calling in. Laurent's calling in. We're all all over the place, and we'll talk about that right after this. 
And welcome back to Lambda Weekly. Um, we're talking about why 2020 was the best year. Zoom. Zoom was, was kind of a, uh, transformed the country, perhaps, perhaps around the world. And it's interesting that Zoom is the platform that took off because Microsoft has its own version of Zoom that actually more professional um, teams. Te- teams, Microsoft Teams. Yeah, that um, more businesses seem to use, but most businesses really just, and, and certainly social and other events took place on Zoom. I went to two Zoom funerals. Yep. Um, I w- Zoom is more user-friendly than Teams. Yeah. We have found, and there actually you can do more with Zoom than you can with Teams. Well, different things in terms of Teams. Teams is a lot more about like workplace Teams, where you're going to have ongoing communication, whereas Zoom is is in and out. You know. So Josh and I were talking before the um, uh, the show went on, and he was saying, you know, he teaches on Zoom. Um, had the pandemic happened ten years ago. What would we have done? You know, parking lot classes, maybe? <laughs> A giant yeah. whiteboard? <laughs> maybe invented Zoom. Maybe invented Zoom. We had the internet. Yep. And WebEx has been around forever. I wouldn't say WebEx is, is really pricey, so a lot of people did not go turn to it in 2020. It uh, didn't surprise me. Um, Microsoft Teams was really kind of coming into its own. And Zoom had been around for a little bit, um, and it yeah. just proved to be so easy for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Zoom had been around for at least two or three years prior to this. So, Josh, go on the mic for a minute. Okay, so, Josh, you were talking about um, what you could do and couldn't have done if you didn't have Zoom. Right, and, and I had even talked, in addition to teaching, like the... the day job that I have, you know, five years ago, I couldn't have worked remotely because everything was still paper and pen and (laughs) (laughs) files. And, but in the last several years, we've digitized everything for any number of reasons and backups and all that. So when we went remotely, it was no problem, basically, (laughs) but that couldn't have happened five years ago. Well, the other thing in my office, log me in, because everybody's logged in from home into their computers on their desks, but it's more than just the computer on their desk, it's the server, so that I write something, I put it on the server, Tammy at home takes it off the server, edits it, put it back on the server, Kevin from home uh, takes it off the server and puts it into InDesign and lays it out. Uh, Tammy needs a picture, but the pictures are on my computer. She can come in, she can get a picture, she can uh, put it in, Kevin can lay it out. It's actually amazing, the technology. And that's on Zoom, that's in a different uh, program, but... Right, right. And, you know, a lot of us, you know, if you VPN to a corporate network, can do all those things automatically, too. Like. You know, you do them when you're in your office. Even mm-hmm. you're connecting to a server that everyone connects to, yep. and it's really no different. It, it really is no different. And with with Zoom, and you know, th- thank mercifully, mercifully, my company does not require video. 
<laughs> can imagine what you look like in the morning, Patty. We, we see you at one o'clock in the afternoon. How about you, Leron? Are you are you um, forced to do video? Yes, every single day. Oh wow! Do you have like a suit and tie that you slide on? Yep. Yep. With, with your with your shorts on. <laughs> Uh, long gone, yeah, yeah, every single day. Wow, wow. Yeah, wow. I still have to get up, you know, we're also, we're, you know, we haven't talked about this from a student's perspective, you know, if it wasn't for Zoom, these kids would really be falling behind. I mean, they are, they're still struggling, but they will really be falling behind. Yeah. So my daughter's on Zoom every single day, um, and I am too, just in different rooms. Wow, that's, that's going to be such a memory for her, I bet. Yeah. It's like, remember yeah. 2020? You know, <laughs> it, it's going to be it's going to be very interesting for for kids growing up with this because mm-hmm. um, I think they will remember much of this. Oh, I think it's going to continue. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah I think it's going to continue. I mean, sick days are a thing of the past. Yeah, in, yeah. In a certain way, unless you just can't even hold your head up, but uh, they can zoom in. But um, Zoom religious services. Yeah. Uh, Zoom uh, funerals. Funerals. Yeah. We still have our grief group. Uh, I'm still in the grief group mostly to help other people, but people who are grieving doing a grief group via Zoom, it's not great because you can't put your arm around somebody and that's the time when them. somebody needs a hug. Yeah. And and that's the part that's missing. So. I, you know, yesterday, Aaron and I were on a Zoom meeting that was, we have one friend, a little circle of friends, and we get together every couple of weeks on Zoom, and we just hang out for a couple of hours and are able to, you know, laugh and talk and be spontaneous like you would be in person. Um, you know, one's, they're from around the world, so there they are. Mm-hmm. And, it, and, it's, and it's great fun, and it's been enabled to, anybody can do that. Um, from anywhere, mm-hmm. which I think is is fascinating and and um, something I hope we it stays stays around even after we're all back in offices and things are back to quote normal. Um, I think Zoom will continue to be one of those things, those tools that we use. Oh, I think a lot of people are not going back to the office. I think companies have found yep. they can do with a lot less rental space. Yeah, a uh, lot less and, equipment. Yep. Which means that people will need larger houses. <laughs> I, I, I'm not working from home because I have no place to work from home. I don't have a separate room that I can lock myself in. And well, you live in a walk-in closet. I basically. Do. I do. <laughs> An 1,100 square foot one room loft is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but David, you're also one of those people you like to get out. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. That's true. Um, Whereas me, I, 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 I mean, I love this working from home thing. Love it. <laughs> I bet you do. I bet you do. And then I really love it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's about time, Leron. You haven't done that in ever. I've never done it. Never, ever. And it, it, it's a nice change. I like it. Did you guys have to upgrade your? your internet speeds and all so that you could all you be know, online 
<laughs> no, but uh, we already had the fastest that the, you know, I won't say what company we used, but we already had the fastest that they offered. Okay, um, cool. So it, it was a challenge when all three of us were here, because, you know, for the first, as you know, Danny's a school teacher, so that for that first six to eight weeks, he was here at home also. So all three of us on, on the Internet, that was a drain. Um, <laughs> but now that he's back in the classroom, it, 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 it's okay. Wow. And is Gabrielle still home? She's still home. Wow. Yep. That's really cool time. You can have lunch together. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's... Uh, at, at times, not all the time. <laughs> <laughs> she has better, better things, better people to hang with uh, than dad. Yeah. We're, we're just about out of time. I wanted to just um, say my question from 2020 that never got answered was why was there a shortage of toilet paper it was a respiratory disease what were you wiping <laughs> saddest day of 2020 ruth bader ginsburg yes yes, yes. absolutely and one of the highlights two new lgbt uh congress people uh two gay men of color both from new york richie torres mondaire jones oh, that's right uh Taurus was born in 1987. Jones was born in 1988. Does that make you feel old? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Even me. Very old. <laughs> Even you. Good Lord. He's the oldest among us. I know. Patty. Hey, Laron, I still think of you as 32. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. I do, too. I don't. <laughs> oh, golly. And... We had 30 name storms this year. We don't use all 26 letters. Alpha and beta are not names. Every time I hear the meteorologists talking about the 30 name storms, they didn't, those weren't names. Those are Greek alphabet. Those are Greek alphabet letters, so they need to re rethink this naming <laughs> storms thing. Just me complaining about random stuff. <laughs> For all of us here at Lambda Weekly, we need to take off because we um, clean up the studio in between shows, uh, change the windscreens, that kind of thing. We'll be back with more Lambda Weekly next week. Have a good right. year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. See you later.